It's Monday the 31st of August 2020. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Johanna Vigdis Grovmundsdottir, the Executive Director of Almanaromur, the Voice of the People, which is the Centre for Language Technology in Icelandic, and by David Erik Molberg, Language and Voice Lab Research Student at Reykjavik University. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this week, uh, I'm sure, I know in fact, that uh, David and Johanna Vigdis will want to talk about um, the Almana Roma project in, in total and also the Islenska Er Alskonar campaign, uh, which was launched on Wednesday. Um, but also this week, we've been we've been told that the economy is now officially in recession. I'm sure we could have guessed that anyway. Um, the central bank has kept its interest rates at their historic low point, and that at least is keeping the property market buoyant. But... People are now being warned that the popularity of non-inflation indexed mortgages could cause their monthly bills to jump when the interest rates rise again in the future as the economy picks up again. The current government has passed its thousandth day in office. Um, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about their successes and failures or, or works in progress. The fate of Iceland there still hangs in the balance, even though a sizable credit line with 90% state guarantee has now been offered. And the Carp Fix project is teaming up with the Swiss company to try and help solve the climate crisis. So, where should we begin? I think it's interesting to look at the actions of the Thousand Days government. It has actually sailed pretty calm seas, maybe for the first two and a bit years. But then it got a substantial project into their hands, so to speak, with the COVID crisis. Uh huh. <laughs> you could <laughs> say that. You could yeah. say that. And... Uh, it is constructed around stability, of course, you know, that was the official stance coming from the, you know, right-hand side and the left-hand side and uh, with this uh, kind of glue party in the middle. Mm. But, uh, of course, stability often translates into stagnation and uh, in today's world we need to move fast and be very open to changes. And uh, I think they have uh, been, in some cases pretty sufficient. You know, they are putting 45 billion into um, acting on climate change in Iceland, which is very positive. Uh, in other cases, they have been disappointing, at least for me, for example, with regards to the new uh, constitution, which was, uh, you know, agreed upon in a national re referendum in 2012 and uh, has not been... Um, Affected really, it needs parliament and it needs a government to, to that wants to push that. Mm. And uh, I can I can feel that the sort of zeitgeist in in society is uh, pressing more and more onto that. So I think it will be a big topic in the election, in the next election actually in twenty twenty one. It's interesting that the left green party was in government when the uh, the new constitution was sort of agreed upon was was. Written, mm -hmm. yeah, um, and that was kind of the first time that they'd been in a left-wing government like that, and and it was always the Independence Party that were more resistant to that change, and now they're in government together. Yes, so that does kind of explain why it's been. Yeah, and and they're trying this um, chairman uh, committee, you could say, you know, uh, some sort of trying to get some consensus around very minor changes. That is, you could, you know, at least for my taste, too little, too late. So I do think that uh, there needs to be some serious discussions and actions on the government. I don't think the public has the patience anymore to wait. Mm. 
David, what do you think? Uh, how how have they been performing? A thousand days in, it's been enough time to to get a grasp on their performance, hasn't it? Yeah, um, can agree with a lot of that. That Joanna said that um, you would 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 want more like uh, more action, more more stuff done. But of course, they've also been uh, there's also praise uh, to be given to them for for some projects as well. Um, the true trial is now maybe we're going into a recession uh, how how will what actions will they take for the people in Iceland now because mm. it's um, yeah we've been we it's, it's no surprise that we've been going down an economic slope and what will happen now is maybe the biggest judging point mm. it's easier to be popular when the economy looks good yeah, oh exactly. absolutely yeah and this is this is actually when when the true test will be and uh, people some people feel at least and i hear the opposition is there that uh, that the focus on been has been very much on the companies you know at the, in the initial stages mm. of uh, acting on covid and people feel that the, the general public has been left behind you know we we may take out our our pension savings and that will bite when we get old and we actually need them so people are using that they're funding the recessions by their savings uh, it's also, you know, a major role of the government now is to create jobs. And uh, I would think that pumping more money into that and also into innovation. Mm. It's innovation, innovation, innovation. It's a knowledge yeah. industry that, you know, the tourism dragged us out of the last crisis we went through in 2008 and following years. And obviously, it's not going to do that now because... Even though Icelander, you know, I hope Icelander will live. But uh, it's based on international consensus ab- about international travel. We might be open for business, but will there be any business? Mm. Or, I mean, I think it's pretty much certain it's going to be less in the coming years, even if it does open up properly. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Things, uh, th- things have changed and for some people it will be permanent, I think. Mm. Less travel and, and, and gatherings like that. But this government have been pushing three major points. You've mentioned the environment, um, innovation, and also education. Um, how is that coming down on on the university level? It's the biggest new intake of students um, ever, I think. Yeah, um, that's very very pleasing. Obviously, that uh, people if if and this is uh, it's um, something that happens in depressions. We've seen it before. It if if you know, a loss of jobs means more people educating, which is which is great for for uh, for uh, what when we're going to bounce back. Yeah. Uh, and what we hope to see now in, uh, when what, what happened uh, in the government 10 years ago in the last recession is funding was not uh, adequate compared to how many students were uh, enrolling. And that really got uh, like the quality of education down. And we, I'm, I'm hoping that people will take that, uh, take a learning stick from that and, and not make that happen now. Mm. It is critical to fund the universities here in accordance with the funding of the Nordic universities. And we have been around, I think, 50% of that. Uh, I used to work at Reykjavik University, so uh, I know that it affected, you know, we might have 700 people applying to study, for example, uh, in computer science and space actually for 350. And this is, a to- you know, this is a sector that really needs more manpower with that special specific knowledge and uh, of course I hope to see more money being put into basic research in mm. the universities because um, that is actually where innovation uh, kind of builds from mm. so so 
So it is about funding the students, obviously, mm-hmm. but also about funding research. That's extremely important. Well, it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Reducing unemployment yes. and stimulating innovation and, exactly. and, and the economy of the future. It's all the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And it seems like a good link. What you guys are doing is that as well. This is the meeting point between innovation, technology, research yeah uh, in its purest level um and making something practical i think as well absolutely yeah, yeah. so uh, we should move on to that tell tell me a bit more about it tell the listeners a bit more about that um so uh, there is this uh, project going on uh, the, in the language program uh language technology program and a subset of that is a um it's called samrumer uh which where we are trying to and uh, teach well, and, uh, uh, devices and computers how to understand the Icelandic language and that is extremely important because we we will be using our voices to control our devices and and, and communicate with them a lot more it's been growing the last years um, there was a census uh, among some group in Iceland that and at that group had more than 50% of them had some sort of device at their home that they use regularly mm-hmm. to communicate with but we're not commuting, having these communications in Icelandic. Uh, and to do so, we need to uh, collect data uh, and voice samples. And uh, that's why we have the on, uh, website samrumu.is, so that anybody who can speak Icelandic can donate their voice to this project. And, uh, and these voice samples will be used to teach um, the devices to um, uh, understand how we speak. Mm-hmm. And you say anybody who can speak Icelandic, there's going to be people listening to this program that say, well, my Icelandic's not very good, so I should not do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a common mis- uh, uh, misconception. We want to, uh, we want the the technology to be, we want us to be able to use the technology as we use our language. So does it has to understand that our language, so diversity is the key there. So even if if you have uh, if your if your Icelandic is not on, uh, your first language and you might speak with an accent or something, that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, as just as long as you can read Icelandic, we be very very much happy to get uh, voice samples from you. Mm-hmm. And why is diversity important in that regard from a technological standpoint? We feel very strongly about the importance of every voice being heard, and. Uh, that goes for uh, accents, and uh, there are lots of people in Iceland that don't have Icelandic as their first language, uh, and still they understand it and speak some. And uh, same goes for, of course, native speakers. We don't all, you know, not everyone speaks the same with the same emphasis, you know, with the same, you know, we make lots of mistakes in the way that we pronounce words or, or you know, form them. Mm. So... It is extremely important to gather every voice, really. And uh, we would be very happy to get as many people, as many accents as possible in. So please, you know, read mm. <laughs> into Samarama. You just have to be able to read Icelandic out loud. How important is it to get it right the first time uh, for you, I mean? Because people are already using language technology in Iceland. They're doing it in English. Yes. If this Icelandic service comes on... Mm-hmm. and they try it out, and it's not very good, then they may never go back to it. So that's kind of a pressure. Yes, to, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And uh, it, uh, the emphasis of the language technology program uh, that Almano Romer is running, and we have this consortium, research and development consortium uh, called SEAM, 
I think that roughly translates into associ- association for Icelandic language technology or something something of that sort. It's and ca- they are catchy in it's, it's very catchy and short. <laughs> <laughs> and and they are building the solutions and the emphasis is on uh, several things. It it's firstly that all the core solutions will be open and uh, free of charge. So uh, the public uh, innovators, companies, institutions can use them. Also, you know, international technology, big companies, they can use them to build solutions for the consumer. Secondly, there's a lot of uh, consumer interaction already uh, for, and Samarum is a good example of that, but also we need to make sure that we build solutions that people want to use and can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also to that towards that and emphasis um, cooperation with industry very early on. So SEAM, the consortium, is very active on that front. So mm-hmm. I think by those measures, we will we are more likely to get solutions that are of high quality and people you know are able to use and therefore they will use them. Mm-hmm. And why is it important? I've heard talk of saving the whole language. I mean, is that is that overblown, or do you think that's a real? Uh, it, it is a it is a real thing, I think, uh, because uh, we, as I said before, the amount we use the techno- uh, we communicate to, uh, with technology is increasing, and and the access to Icelandic in in a broad sense to technology is not uh, not high. So this project is really high. We're lowering the bar, uh, lowering the uh, uh, threshold to get Icelandic into technology, which will will increase the usage of it. Uh, and we have this. Uh, we have now this uh, campaign going on um, called Islandskanir Alskunar, um, which is uh, we're encouraging people that have Icelandic as a second language to participate in Samrumur, particularly. Mm-hmm. We've been have, we've been collecting the data for Samrumur since November last year. Uh, we've gotten great results already. Uh, Two hundred eighty thousand uh, utterances or sentences read out loud by uh, roughly ten thousand people. But uh, only about five thousand of them have been coming from people that don't have don't have Icelandic as uh, uh, that have Icelandic as their second language. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we're especially now encouraging those groups to come and uh, open their take up their phone and, and, and read into the database. Then how long does it take? Can you? Uh, you can you can read as much as you like, but you can. Some people get stuck there and, and read for many many minutes or or even an hour. Uh, but you can like just take up your phone, read five sentences for each day and for some time. Or and there's no minimum and there's no maximum. That's kind of the the thing. The more you read, the better the devices understand you in the future. So mm-hmm. a little tip there. <laughs> Because I I did it back in November when it mm-hmm. launched. I, I went in straight away. I thought this is fantastic. I yeah. did it. And it seems to keep going and going. And I thought maybe if I didn't complete it, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, won't. No worries. Don't no. worry about that. Yeah. You won't. So I sort of gave up. But if <laughs> knowing that you can just do one or two sentences and then go back to it another day, exactly, yeah, exactly, I'll definitely try it again. And it's interesting sentences because uh, you know it's it's from Vesindavevern, for example. Uh, a lot of like, books. So you get into like a yes. random story point point yeah. maybe. And, and it's out of context. They mm-hmm. can be really funny. You know, at least I find it very entertaining to. <laughs> to mm-hmm. read yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah this is a magic ma- a massive project and we we need as many voice samples as possible to make these uh, uh, to uh, create like speech recognition software that uh, understands us well so mm-hmm. we will be able to use it and not have to rely on english and having it as big a sample as possible and such a, a, a sort of a complete language database and then making it free and easily accessible mm-hmm. yeah 
there's no excuse for the major global technology companies not to then pick it up if it's if it's free and and good. That is true, and exactly. uh, and and uh, that is actually key for them to pick it up. You know, if 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 it is of good quality, and uh, then we of course need to you know have some good lobbyism going on there and uh, make sure it it kind of becomes part of the blueprint of the companies going forward. Mm-hmm. And but it is true that they should not have to go into you know big expenses on account of Icelandic. No, that's fair. Yeah. So it's samromus.is, S-A-M-R-O-M-U-R dot I-S. Yes. Everyone who can speak some Icelandic should Mm -hmm. go in and and help out. Absolutely, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Can it be, it's not geo-blocked, you can access it anywhere in the world if you speak Icelandic. Yes. Yes. Great. Well, there we go. Plug over. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, where should we go next? There's um, back to COVID again, obviously. Iceland there. There's the carb fix project. Um, what do you think? I'm Interest so- rates. Woohoo. I think Icelander. What do you think? You think Icelander? Yes, indeed. It's, I mean, it's possibly, you can say it's the nation's favourite company, maybe. It is. It's certainly one of the most prominent and it's, not their year, if it's safe to say. <laughs> um, so what has been happening? The government has agreed that they're going to provide, I forget how many billions of krona, with a 90% state backup. Yeah, the state guarantee is for 16.5 uh, billion ISK. Mm-hmm. It's a huge amount. It is. And obviously it needs to be uh, dissected properly in, in parliament because we love Icelander and it is our route to the world. Uh, it's also important if you live on this wonderful island, you will be so much happier if you know that you can get away every now and then. There's a really interesting connection between these two topics, actually. You're talking about like self-reliance. You can't rely on Google and Amazon to, to take care of Icelandic language. And sure, we've got all these airlines coming here, but you can't rely on them to... You know what I mean? Yes, uh, I think uh, they will probably continue to come here if if there are people to transport here. And uh, and uh, that is how business usually works. Mm. And I would love for that to happen. But I would think that it is, uh, Icelander is a hugely important company for Icelandic tourism and for Iceland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, lots of jobs, you know, in, in the face of massive unemployment, you know, that counts as well. But we need to just be mindful of... of of uh, arguing and dissecting this topic thoroughly in parliament because this is public money and uh, and then the public offering where they are going to aim for raising i think 200 uh, million us dollars mm. uh, the the pension funds of of the public really they are the biggest um, shareholders last time i checked and i don't see much money going around the economy you know, to invest mm. uh, besides the pension funds. And of course, in the last finance, in the banking crash, the pension funds lost a lot of money through that. And yes. as, as you say, that's our money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there is something to be said for these big legacy airlines, possibly not as efficient with their money as, as the younger easy jets of the world, um, to, to maybe not 
just be guaranteed money from the government because, you know, they're not dealing with it as well as others. Yeah, I think Richard Branson or someone said that the best way to become a millionaire is to be a billionaire and, and you know, create an airline. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. I think Scully Mowenson might agree with that. Yeah. He might. <laughs> and of course, Iceland is such an, uh, uh, like, not just purely traveling, pe- uh, helping people travel, it's, it's it, they're carrying uh, a lot of fish for the Icelandic fishing industry, industry as well. So it's like, it, it is a uh, very... It's very important that we have staple on uh, uh, travel between the country, but of course this is a debate that's really on uh, right right to have like how much should we be uh, subsidizing private enterprise? So yeah, very valid yeah. debate. And also, when will that will that consensus be rebuilt of of just up you know around the world? You could say that that uh, international travel. Uh, when will people be ready to travel again? Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, we might be open for business, but is there any business coming? Mm. Of course, we hope so. But uh, it also raises the question of have we been putting all the eggs in the same basket? We have a tendency to do that here. Mm. And uh, Well, that point has come up on this program a few times. You might not be surprised to hear. <laughs> yes, I would think so. And it does. And I've, I've, I've always come back with it, it. Throughout the crises that Iceland has faced, they usually come up with something new. It was... It was all fish once, yes. and then it was fish and aluminium. Yes. And then it's fish, aluminium and tourism. And yeah. now we're in another crisis. It would be nice to really build up a massive knowledge industry. That might be a wonderful segue to talking about the Carfix, because that's, of course, uh, it's innovation from uh, with collaboration with universities and a, and a, and a company. Yeah, because a... innovate, like education and innovation and technology, it's great. It all sounds great, but it's a... How to turn that into an mm. economic sector is not always exactly. clear, uh, but this is a real thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, for people that don't know. It's uh, they're taking carbon out of the air and then they are uh, uh, diluting it with water and uh, putting it down uh, into the ground again in a lot of uh, like a high pressure zone where there's I don't know the English for words for this kind of corrosive basalt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm. and and that turns crystallizes the carbon, which is just and if this process is scalable this is an amazing innovation which is hopefully one of the solutions that we will rely upon for uh, tackling climate change mm. and as climate change gets worse it will be more financial then. exactly exactly there has been this thing of people don't want to pay money for it because it's just the air yeah <laughs> but people are going to be taking it a lot more seriously i think exactly uh, yeah certainly and they're working now with a swiss company called climaworks um, and they've developed this thing of t- taking the carbon directly out of the air, which carb fix until now, they've been taking emissions from Hetlisse the Wittgen yeah. um, and then putting that into the ground. Yeah. But working with these Swiss guys, now they can take the take it from anywhere. So if you've got a big factory in China, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You can still take the carbon out of the air in Iceland. It's such yeah, like so, a wonderful, positive uh, <laughs> innovation yeah. that's... I, I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping to, we'll succeed as mm. much as possible. It sounds like magic and, yeah. and uh, the relationship you know, between the Swiss company and, and the Icelandic company is a match made in heaven, I would think. Hopefully, yeah. 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 But it's all, like David said, it's all about scalability. And uh, if money, real money is actually put behind it, it uh, that could hopefully happen quicker than often mm. happens. You know, you have innovative solutions uh, like solar power or something, and uh, often it takes a bit too long to be scalable. 
How, um, in terms of money you mentioned, um, that I presume this is the, exactly what the carbon tax, what the the levy on industry is for, mm-hmm. to, to put directly into projects like this, I would think. I would think so too, yes. I, I don't know where mm-hmm. the money is actually coming from right now. No, uh, that is a key thing to public policy, that you need public funding for it to become reality. Mm. Well, so, look at electric cars. Exactly, and uh, the initiatives that have been taken here with regards to... Uh, you could say have more electric cars on the roads mm-hmm. um, been very positive with just uh, taking the tolls down for example and it's now becoming commercially viable we're Absolutely. looking at getting on for a third of new cars now are either electric yeah. or plug-in hybrid so wonderful it is uh, and it's so obvious in a country like Iceland <laughs> with all this energy it is and also mm-hmm. Yeah. We spent so much money on uh in on basically getting fossil fuel into the country and we would be better served I think not to put that money out of out of the country. We kind of need it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean we import all of our oil and gas and coal, not so much coal, but you know what I mean. Yes. It's it's yeah, wasteful. And this is. is what this is exactly what stemmed the hot water you know, for people's houses. Yeah. That was exactly the same thing. All this coal that was being used yeah. to heat yeah. homes and people were like, this is yeah. silly. And it needed, uh, it needed uh, you could say, a public initiative for that change. It was a big change, you know, going f- from the oil and coal, you could say, heating to mm. to the geothermal. And, but a wonderful one. And uh, I don't, it was in the 60s, I think? Or 50s or 60s, 50s, 60s, yeah. Must yeah. have been a massive change and a huge investment. It is, yeah. But it's so worth it. Yeah, and we got Kolopotith out of it as well. Yeah, which is also <laughs> so positive, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Um, but that's it, I'm afraid. The Week in Iceland will be back next Monday, the 7th of September, on roof.as forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, through the Roof app, and on your favourite podcast platform. Um, apologies if there was any sound issues. Uh, hopefully you did hear us okay. Um, Lydia Greta Stottir, our engineer, has been working tirelessly to, to put... I can see her through the glass. It's been it's been quite crazy the other side. <laughs> um, but I think it worked out okay in the end. Do remember to go to samromus.is and, and record some sentences to save Icelandic. Huge thanks to my guests today, Johanna Vigdis Gwurmundotir and David Erik Molberg. And as I said to Lydia Gretzotti for running the studio. We finished today with a song called Ljosith by Elin A. Bye for now.
Yeah, yeah, yeah.